this podcast is all about talking about the questions that we all have in relation to Christian life in the world. You have to um, put a camel through a needle or something. Mm -hmm. Then we have to, you know, face like, persecution. Like wear a mask. What <laughs> no, uh, a hot take, hot take. <laughs> I'm a normal dude. George is a Presbyterian pastor. Right. This is not for homeschool Johnny. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a very special guest episode of the podcast. Hey, I wanted to call it the rebetchening. Apparently that's unchristian. So you know what we're calling this one? We're calling it a true fact. Women are strong and brave. George, Reverend, I, I don't know of any group of people who are stronger and braver than women. Do you? No, no. Not at all. There you have it. So, have so it. with joining us today, uh, Rosemary. Hi. Hello. And Marisa. Marisa. Abadev Des. There we go. <laughs> this brings our Armenia on the show. You yes. talk about it. Body, I don't think you talk about it enough, Cole. Honestly. Do I not talk about Ooh. it? I'm I'm actually of mixed heritage. <laughs> so. <laughs> Are you Sicilian? Are you Sicilian, Cole? Do you want to talk about that? Whatever. Yeah, um, what people group talks more about their own ethnicity, Sicilians or Armenians? Oof. Oh, I don't man. know. It's a three-way tie between us and Jews. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Cole. Bam roasted. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, fun fact. Uh, you know, at various points in history, multiple points in history, uh, someone was highly motivated to kill in their totality, 100% of Rosemary's ancestors. So that's that's really a really interesting fun fact. Armenian and Jewish, uh, a.k.a. Survived the, all the worst of them. ethnic luck possible. I know. <laughs> and supposedly, <laughs> Armenians and Jews have the same amount of um, depression, uh, joint issues, and stomach issues. So I was like, That's because sweet. our parents never shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> So, and on that fun note, <laughs> it's light banter. <clears throat> and now for a spot of light banter. Marisa got engaged. Ooh. Wow. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> We're obviously going to bring that up. Is this the light banter? My love life? Do you want me to play the jingle again? Mm. Should I play it? No, no this is just, the light banter. Know. Yeah, I mean we don't have to talk about it. You know, if you don't want to, I just thought I'd mention it. Congratulations! Thank you. Yes, congratulations! I just wanted our listeners to know you're off the market, so we stopped getting okay. emails about it. Because we're gonna be, yeah, yeah, we're gonna be talking about dating. So, yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Maybe now I have some credibility because something worked. Out. Yeah, there you go. Well, well hold don't on. Don't speak too soon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're not the only one in this. Uh, podcast recording that's been engaged before so oh my gosh yeah you're right classic <laughs> yes so anyway should we talk about it um which what? your thing yes okay yes we we should so okay do you I feel like do magical okay no i <laughs> cool this is something I actually did want to share about because what I didn't expect to happen is, um, so like I kind of knew it was going to happen 
And for context, my boyfriend and I have been dating for almost two years and then, and we've been talking about it and the getting engaged and what's the next step, da, da, da. And then he goes, so yeah, I'm, uh, tomorrow pack your bags. This is right before Christmas. He's like, pack your bags. Cause we're actually going on a surprise trip. And, um, we're not coming back to after new year's. Cause I already knew we were going to see his family in Florida and then coming back to see my family in California. So I'm like, okay, a surprise trip around Christmas time. I have a feeling. And my, I told my one friend and she goes, okay, well don't get your hopes up, but get your nails done. I was like, okay. <laughs> that, was like, that was like the advice, the best advice. Um, but it was weird. even after all that and all the like expectation, like he took me to the beach where we went on our first date and it, the trip was to San Diego. Um, and it was like at, when he actually got down on one knee and was asking the question, it was like still this shock came over me of like, oh my gosh, even though I knew this was going to happen, I'm still like, it was like everything stood still and like I went into like tunnel vision and <laughs> I had the thing that I wanted to share is that I didn't like how Instagram and social media had this weird pressure in my mind in that moment. Like I felt a sense mm. of, it was like I was getting a reel of how people normally react, like jumping up and down or being like, mm -hmm. yes, you know, and I didn't feel any of that. I felt instead like a, a seriousness of like, okay, decision time, you know, <laughs> like, that's like, good. This is a really pivotal moment and be really honest. And it was like, I don't know. I, this phrase where people are like, this is the easiest yes I've ever said. And I wanted to make a post saying like, this was not the easiest yes I ever said. This was like the process of like two years of conversations. And like, even in that moment, it was like, okay, do I, am I ready to spend my life with you? You know, mm. I don't know. I just, it didn't. And for me, it took a while. Like it, even in that moment, I was like, I think I paused for like a little bit too long. Cause he kind of was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, yes. Okay. I will marry you. And like, and then I saw my friends on the cliff and we like jumped around, <laughs> but I was like, okay, I can't compare. Like, I'm glad that I didn't fake it. Like I wasn't performing, but the temptation to perform was very real of like, Oh, mm. you're supposed to like cry and you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to go. Yes. You know? But I was like, I don't feel like doing any of that. So I'm not going to anyway, it, it honestly wasn't until like two days later that I started to feel like excitement <laughs> because I just felt like a whole mix of emotions. And I read about a lot of people felt this or like, yeah, like it's actually normal after getting engaged to feel like some anxiety and some excitement, but also like it can be a complex moment. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was something that I thought where it's like in this world where we get so inundated with like, this is that moment that everyone goes through, like a TV show or something. Yeah, it, it's really it's like the commodification of one of the most, you know, um, intense and intimate moments of one's life. Right. So, you know. Yeah, you're you're pressured to. Think of this in a very in a way that is designed for a spectator when really it should be a moment of like profound introspection. And that introspection doesn't always manifest in a way that's interesting 
uh, or familiar to an outside observer, right? But I mean, tough titties, you know, that that's fucking life. So <laughs> I think it's, it's a credit to you that you were able to sort of resist that and give that moment the sort of like inner thought and depth that it that it deserves. So um, but at the same time, yeah. like I, I expect jumping up and down. I didn't get jumping. Actually, when I proposed, it was very much the same thing. It was very much of like, a, uh, OK, let me think about it. OK, yeah. Um, mm. And then, you know, whatever. But uh, <laughs> the dude definitely wants the like giddy, like a thousand times. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, the dude wants that yeah. response. Yeah. yeah. That's like, what I would oh, want. my gosh. Yes. <laughs> That's what the guy wants. For sure. <laughs> Um, yes, you confirm yeah. that, George. That is like, is I'll that the expectation? That, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's what you want, but yeah. I don't think it, it's you know it's it's fine. Yeah. I know George's girlfriend. George is getting that response. If and when, <laughs> that's the response George is getting. That's good. Cool, Marisa. Where did you meet your boyfriend? Good question. So. We we met actually actually it's a crazy story because we met in 2015 because I was writing an article on him and his co-founder have a software company it's uh, live streaming funerals it's called Memory Share it takes care of all your funeral <laughs> live streaming needs so who knew important <laughs> look what a niche no but well it was a niche yeah. now. It's not. Yes, People are living exactly. forever. So no, in COVID, so we met in 2015. I was with someone else who was with someone else. It was like in passing. He thought I was flirting with him. I'm like, I was probably just being nice. No, just, that's Marisa does that. No, but but it's Oh, not, like flirts with guys when she's dating other guys? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> Rose. Classic, no, but yeah, classic this, Cali girl. The whole female listening <laughs> audience will recognize this. No, okay, you make eye contact and smile, and guys are like, "Oh, she's totally hitting on me." It's like, and I was being polite, but anyway. Wait, here's the problem with women. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> One of the many oh, here problems we go. with women. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish my story. Women, women are so subtle with how they flirt if they're trying to flirt with you. That men have one of two options, right? We can either assume that all women are always flirting with us or just do what George and I do and assume that no women are ever flirting with us, okay? <laughs> because that's how subtle, like women will like walk past a guy and like look at look at him for a split second longer than they would otherwise have looked at him and be like, I'm totally throwing signs. And like, no, but we're not picking it up, right? So this is why like, you know, we, we're in this position. Mm. So, so go on. Okay, let's circle back to that. So I think that's interesting. It's, and there's a true. lot of miscommunication yeah. on both sides historically. But anyway, that was that. We so we were, This was in Fargo, North Dakota, by the way, because I lived there for like eight years. So we were like kind of, we'd see each other here and there. There was a case one year we went to the same Bison football game, the North Dakota State University. I was sitting with my boyfriend. He was sitting with his friends and we were in like serendipitously in the same row. And he remembers that. And I remember that, like seeing him, but it's just wild. Oh, sorry. Um, anyway, so then in 2020, I'm freelance writing. I'm in California again at this point. And so is he, he's in LA and I'm in San Diego. 
And he gets featured in Forbes because of COVID. And they're like industries that are blowing up because of the pandemic. This and you like fame stream. and money, right? So yeah, and I was like, let's get that back, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I reach, out, I reach, out, I, I'm aware that all this is being recorded and going live publicly, but um, it's not. We're not live. I mean, I could edit any of this out, but you won't. <laughs> we saw that last time. <laughs> what? What do you mean? If you asked him to, he would. Okay, I okay. I think no, I have I think to. This is funny. But anyway, I reached out and said, hey, I'm you know, I'm looking to expand my freelance network. I was like kind of struggling too, because I had just moved to San Diego and all the jobs were on a hiring freeze. So all I was looking at like Trader Joe's basically as like and and like postmates. Like I gotta pay rent somehow. Mm-hmm. So but I'm reaching out to all my like freelance clients trying to do writing and he's I reached out to them and said hey congrats on the Forbes feature looks like you guys are really growing let me know if you need copywriting or marketing and he's like yeah actually we do <laughs> this is okay how's that funny that's great so he, it's that's funny great because he clearly, this is what you do he clearly has a crush on you what do you mean this is what I do you reach out to everyone and you're like do, do you know I have a podcast it's, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> what the fuck does that have to do with that's I mean they, I'm not uh, all right <laughs> No, this is like if when I was running my shoe well, actually, company, actually, Marisa's a- is more understandable because she's trying to live, and you're just trying to get people to know what your podcast is. I'm just saying that I see the similarities, and it's not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong yeah. with it. God forbid just- George lifts a finger for this fucking show. Okay, I was promised God that I never forbid. had to. I was he promised that. God I never forbid had to. George talks so. about this program with one human being. All right, this is. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're 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 fighting in front of the kids now. Sounds <laughs> like we hit a nerve. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, so let me get this straight, right? So you kind of have a crush on this dude. You know he kind of has a crush on you. No, no, no. no they so don't, you, they you don't approach have him on each other. for employment. No, no. no. <laughs> None of that is established. When we, right. truly when we met, we became Facebook friends, but I never, like, truthfully, and this sets up our dating conversation. Mm-hmm. I was on the dating apps, I was like on hinge and whatever and thinking like, mm. now that I left North Dakota, I'll meet someone in California and we'll live happily ever after in California. That was my thought. So yeah. Right. So I was like going on all these dates and this was at the same time as I reached out to Kyle and we started like a professional relationship purely like in that corner of my life. They were like, yes, mm. we need marketing help. Can you start in August? Rose, do you buy any of this? No, I do actually, a hundred percent. Because I was there the whole time. We were talking about it. Okay. Why don't okay. you buy it, Cole? No, no, I'm actually, not, because, I'm not feeling ready okay, to buy. Because no, because there was one point. Well, I don't want to like get ahead of the story, but you're not no, buying I, either. Yes, I am actually. Rose okay. was there. Rose heard I was, it. No, I was she there. knew. Okay. She knew Fair. when he entered in from professional into like yeah because so she was she was she was talking to me on the phone because she was telling me we were reviewing all the hinge candidates like the contenders we call them the hinge contenders were like our our ranks were like we were swapping ranks you know and then Mm. she was like you know what's weird i keep like talking to this guy that i work with like we keep having these like long phone calls. I'm like, why are you having long phone calls with this guy you work with? And she's like, I don't know. Like the meeting ends and then, we just keep, over each other. and then we just keep talking. And I was like, I mean, that, yeah, that's a little interesting. So it was like, it was like, 
a slight a silent sleeper, I mean, whatever pastor, that word is called. Pastor. A slippery pastor, Reverend. Are you buying? Are you feeling ready to buy? I I'm this. buying I'm buying it. Like but I I think I think it's okay. very easy to separate. Am I just that, a like, cynic? Yeah. No, you're not a cynic. I think you're I wanna, romantic. Okay. That's what I Aww. think you are. Um, the paperback. And uh, I mean, I think it's easy to to. You can even find someone attractive, but still put them in another category and be like, "I'm not gonna." You know, that's business. Touch that. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, like, yes. it's very possible to do that. So, I'm buying it. Okay. 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 Go on. Did you hear what I said? The paperback. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not forget. I yeah, it's like easy. Well, cool story of like falling in love by seeing yeah, a name with the, on the with paper the, bag with a Chipotle bag. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Yeah, classic oh, story. Like All it takes is an Armenian like... surname, <laughs> and for you to be somewhat attractive in my age, and uh, have some vague sense of being a Christian. <laughs> oh, all right. Circle that to that. No, yeah. we'll get we to will, that. We we'll will. get to that. Yeah. That's good for dating. That, we'll get to that. Yeah. And actually, he did. Um, yeah. People putting Christian on hinge, that's a whole thing. And then being like, well, actually, I'm just spiritual. That's a lot in happening in California. Yeah. Which was just like, okay, well, I don't really want to like wade through these murky waters. But Kyle, right. in a meeting, was like, we were talking about something about like the end of the world or I don't know. And then he goes like, well, thank goodness. Like we have our salvation. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, are you talking about Jesus? He's like, yeah. And that I was like, Oh, I think that is truly when he like entered my radar. It was like, you know, like a new interest formed because he was a Christian. I did not know that. And yeah, from there we just like started somehow we started like, I remember being like, hey, I have a question about Facebook ad, a Facebook ad. <laughs> Do you have five minutes? And he's like, I have an hour for you. So he was oh, like, definitely. Imagine that. No, wow. he started <laughs> flirting. There was a shift, but it wasn't until like, end, like November, December of 2021. I'd love to get him on, on the show. <laughs> he wants to. He wants to come on. I guarantee you he'd be like, Just I need him a by himself. I hired her. <laughs> no, no. We didn't well, need a copywriter. No. <laughs> But Marisa, like, remember what he told, like, he, he even said that he was also unaware. No, yeah, and he wasn't looking. He was, like, heavily that entrepreneur Marisa grind. had to, like, convince him. He didn't want to date anyone. I didn't convince him, but it definitely was, like, he he was, like, well, let's see what happens. Like, um, at the end of, like, around December, he's, like, what, are you talking to anyone else for, like, three hours on the phone? Any other guys? Because Rose and I talk. <laughs> Me and Marisa talk for like five hours on the phone. So. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. so I'm like, no, I'm not. And he's like, well, I think I'm going to come visit. And I was actually kind of freaked out. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going to like, what's going to happen? But he's like, I'll get my own place. You know, no pressure. We'll just hang out for the weekend. And it just was super fun. And Rose was there the day he arrived. So Rose was with me for New Year's until the 7th. And then he flew in that night. And I remember and I was I freaking out. I'm like, I was like, I don't know if we're it's gonna work out like what do you think is gonna happen she's like i think you guys are gonna date and i was like okay we'll see and yeah no now we're engaged (laughs) okay amazing Uh, i'm not sure how much of that i can sign off on but it's a lovely story I think he was into you, like from the from. I think you were into no, each other Risa, from the moment he, did, you asked Risa, the job. Risa, didn't he say like, 
I can't I can't believe like we weren't attracted to each other before. Didn't he say something like this that? This is a man who's who's very cleverly playing his cards <laughs> very close to his chest. And I admire it, you know. I right. wish I was As the a same man, way. you ha- you have to do that. That's actually You have to do this. I don't yeah. and that, that is why I, I am uh, alone. That's why he um, gets attracted <laughs> to paper bags. But that's why well, listen, I don't yeah, to say I was in love with a paper bag is not accurate. It is a lovely story. I was in love with the is a platonic form of the paper bag. The ideal that was behind it. That's what you were in love with. All right, whatever. Let's 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 go on to our next thing. Move us on. Yeah, that was a long. Yeah, okay. We're 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 moving on. That well, well no, it 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 look. It is what it is. We're going to go into I guess what's the would this be the deep dive? Right? Sure. All right, yeah. here we go. Talk about dating. George's deep dive. It's so deep. So, so we're gonna talk about that. What's that face you're making there, Rose? I don't know that. That it always cringes me. That sound. What? Why does it? Why, why does it make that's you my, do that? That's my voice. Are you aware? That's my I know, voice? but it it just sounds. There's like a. It just that feels it very innuendo-y. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's, that's correct. <laughs> but it's just like, and then the voice. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Those are both uh-huh. your voice, Cole. Yes, uh, I use uh, you know post production effects to sort of change my voice um, <laughs> for the purposes magic. of the jingles. Yeah. <laughs> so. Helium. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean substances. to you know show how the sausage is made, but that's that's that. So um, dating so hard, right? Yeah, dating. <laughs> dating. Um, you know, Rose and I are both single. Um, I'm pretty miserable about it. <laughs> but I recognize that this is a point in my life where I sort of have to be single for many reasons um, because I'm I'm sort of working on me, uh, which as I, you know, rapidly approach 30 is uh, embarrassing and I don't like it. But, um, you know, it's just kind of that that season of rebuilding for me. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm actively not dating, which um, here's the the problem right and i'm sure like women can almost sense when you're very much not interested in dating and that seems to make them very interested in dating you and i've really i've experienced this a lot over the years like the times when i've been like with someone or just not dating at all costs are the times when i you know People seem to be attracted to me. And then the times when I'm like really looking for a partner are the times when like no one wants what I'm selling. <laughs> so this can be frustrating, but you know, that's life, right? Fuck it. But yeah, so I'm my, where I'm at right now is I'm I'm essentially not I'm not dating. I and I don't know if I'm going to again, honestly. I think uh, if 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 someone's going to come my way, it's going to it's got to be like a very God's going to have to make that very clear. To me. So sorry, I almost sort of hiccuped on my own. uh, Belch there. Uh, But (laughs) beer number two. But uh, yeah, God's going to have to send me someone who who can tolerate what just happened in my mouth. And <laughs> until that day comes, I'm just going to, you know, sort of like be single and uh, hang out and play Dungeons and Dragons, and, 
You play that, So that's my sort of MO for the time being. Rose, as the um, only other see. single person in this podcast. Yeah, so I am currently um, accepting applications. Um, it is an open enrollment period for the open. institution. Yes, we we okay. are an open in, an, an open enrollment. So, like the men's organization, um, we when you know we open up the enrollment period, see what applicants we get, and then if we just don't like the applicants, we close down and then redevelop the program. We right. like work on the resources, make the right. program stronger. We send all of our research to our sister school, which is the friendship school. And that is high performing. Um, right. And so. And, and you're on the apps. Are you on these apps? These got these apps now. Yeah. Yeah. So I am. I just started and I went on three dates last week. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, <laughs> I told you. Oh, it's, we're it's a totally different. <laughs> it's also totally different for men and women on That's on terrifying. Apps. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. Do you mean? I mean It was I mean, I was supposed to have four, but then I dropped the one. So it was just like back to back. It was like 3 days. And okay. then two of them two of them made them to second round. Oh, and nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And okay. then only one made one is like next can go to the next round, but the okay. um yeah. So, but, Interesting. um, yeah, like, um, what, what were you, sorry, what were so, you so like, so I'm assuming for all of us, right. We have this in common that like, you know, I mean, I was joking earlier, but like Christian is going to be number one on the list. Okay. So this is a great thing that you're going to talk that I would like to talk about because yeah. it is. This is the bane of my dating experience. So I've always been like, I really want to date and marry a Christian guy. No, it's not happening for me. It's so bad. It's literally so bad. I just like, I get so like, ugh, it's just ridiculous that I have to come up for air. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to date someone who's not a Christian because they're at least normal. So then I just like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Christians uh, are super uh, fucked up a lot of the times. It's really hard. It's so it's 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 painful. Like it's just how socially painful. awkward and all of uh, the above. Like socially awkward. And then I just feel like a lot of the Christian guys that I've gone on a date with, like they have no interests. Like they're like the most yeah. boring people I've ever met. Like the guy that got axed on last Friday, I just kept being like so like I was like um you know, do you like this? Do you like that? Do, do you do this? Do you do that? And he, no, no, no. And I literally looked at him at dinner and I was like, do you leave your apartment? And he was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, oh my God, I don't think you do. And then like, I was, I was asking, I was like, okay, so like your church, what, what's the sermon series right now? And he's like, um, the end times, which you have to have some sort of like, opinion on and i was like okay <laughs> like so um do are you learning anything that you didn't know before and he's like no i'm like um, you know everything about the end times <laughs> <laughs> teach me your statutes so i was like this go- he like nothing like he had no interest nothing like he oh i actually rose, just you a whole rose, rant rose uh, i have the answer okay what and it's not fun Okay, you ready? Okay. You're just gonna have to start dating Catholics. I'm sorry. No, I'm. <laughs> They're I'm, fun. No, They're fu- I know you're not. I'm not, I, I'm not a fan of the Catholics either, but they are fun. Okay, 
So you're just going to have to start dating Catholics. I've just, so the guys that I date that I'm like, they have a actually, blast. The guys that I date that I'm actually into are like not Christian. So that's the guy who made it to the next level. I'm like, this F my life, but whatever. But, this but is, is he going to be celibate? Mm. Um, Cole with the question. talk about that yet. Or mm. that wasn't even. How likely brought. do you think it is that this guy's going to be <laughs> down with celibacy, George? Very well, low. I mean, wait, wait. Okay. I have a. Have we okay, all? Okay, go. Have each of us dated someone who wasn't a Christian before yes. we were Christians? No, while you're during? Christian, and or no, no. Oh. Yeah, no, I I can't. Like, there's no Christian men available for me. They're well, all Well, no, why, I'm sa- why I asked that, Rose, because you and I both have been in relationships where we were, like, tried to make that work, and it doesn't work. Well, I don't care anymore. Now I'm, like, you know what? <laughs> I get it. I'm over it, so I'm just going to – it's going to be fine. <laughs> okay, to be fair, I did have a one-night stand after I became a Christian. So, Thank you for sharing that, Cole. Not unblemished, you know. No. Um, but it was, you know, sort of following my breakup. Not my most recent breakup, the one before that. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. And then I was like, okay, now celibacy. And that actually, that one-night stand, or it was, I guess, like four one-night stands, uh, <laughs> you know, taught me, really taught me, like, how gross that is and uh, helped me double down on celibacy. So that was really great. Mm. Super like uh, in, uh, corrective and informative, but yeah, I, I mean, I, it's just if you're gonna date a non-Christian, yeah, you're 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 gonna have issues with the whole celibacy thing. That's gonna be a problem. Um, I have come to the conclusion that, like, for me, I don't really think even kissing is should be on the table. Um, so that really narrows it down, but I don't know. Like, do you draw, I want to know this from everyone. Do you draw denominational lines when you're dating? Let's get into line drawing. No, I, I it's literally Christian or non-Christian. That's it. I actually, I would only date, um, no, I literally would only date guys that were like, went to a similar type of church to me, or I would date non-Christians. I wouldn't like mess with (laughs) catholic or anything else yeah no i was like yeah because i was like at least i can rebuild you like if they don't have anything then i'm like i can rebuild no rebuild you with what (laughs) no rose i can show you the way yes okay it's missionary dating look no so much no no it's bad god wanted me to work from george no don't don't do that don't do that i i understand the temptation i i do but you shouldn't because like well, not even for your own relationship where there will be problems, but like if you get married and end up having kids, there'll be even more problems there because I have a friend who's experiencing this now where he became a Christian and married someone who's secular and it's actually really hard for them to figure out what they're, what they're going to do. And like the wife has, has control over what churches they can go to. And she like just axes off all of them. And so like, I like if if it's our, if you're already married, like you have to live in that situation. But like I think it's very tempting because uh, dating sucks. I think all of us should be able to agree yeah. that dating yeah. as an experience, at least 
the way it is now sucks. I hated dating. And it's expensive. Um, and it, it <laughs> can be expensive. Sucks, but I I would. I did not. I've, I've been through the rigmarole a few times. And I'm not talking about like having a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. But no. like going through the process of trying to find a girlfriend or a boyfriend is a really annoying process. Pure pain. Um, what? Pure pain. Pure pain. Yeah, pure pain. So – it's you know, draining, I can't control but... anyone, but I'll I'll tell you it might like it might not be worth it. So, Rose, you've been admonished. How I mean, no, I I um, you know, it, there's literally no Christian men that I know of in the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> so That's literally, sad. I can't go Orthodox. <laughs> No, I know. We are also fun. Okay, <laughs> no, Catholics also- <laughs> m- maximum fun. Orthodox in terms of fun, second place. Non 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 Protestants. I'm sorry, like they're the least fun. Bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I'm not even. This isn't I've even a theological this. commentary. <laughs> this is just a sort of cultural Social. commentary, and the reason is because of the cultures from which these groups spring. Right, like okay, Orthodox, right, Middle Eastern. Greek, African, fun, you know, Eastern mm-hmm. European, Russian. Mm-hmm. you know, they like to blow shit up. <laughs> Russians can be fun. Um, <laughs> okay. These non-denominational Protestants, what are they? They're all a bunch of like Anglo-Saxon 10th generation Americans. That's not true. I'm sorry. It's the most diverse. It's the most diverse religious group in the United States. Oh, shut up. It's, it is. It's, it's a bunch you know, Rosemary, the people you're meeting, they're a bunch of fucking milk toast. You know, Whitey McWhiterson. Yeah, I don't uh, want that. I don't Anglo-Saxons want that. that are just not fun. They're just not fun. And they have a Protestant work ethic. Uh, and it's just None not None of this fun. is true. He is speaking completely <laughs> out of his ass. This is all true, dude. They're not fucking fun, right? This is just not Just because you play guitar during worship, it doesn't make you fun, okay? I agree. I'm sorry. I'm just saying that's not... Non-denoms are the least fun. I, I, dude, if I'm in a group of non-denoms, I can't talk about, like, doing blow. Okay, because they're gonna be cool, like, oh, my stars, you know. But like, you know, in, in an Orthodox you know, they'd be church, like, what is that? They're yeah. like, they're like, made, oh yeah, I I'm ma- fucking, you know, I used to be strung out, and I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. In, but now we, my, now we uh, don't. I went to this, I went to this Bible study for the first time, or this like small group for the first time with this church that I'm going to, and they're saying like, oh yeah, let's all go to Hot Pot, and this there's another girl named Rose. They're like, let's all go to Hot Pot, and or let's all Hot Pot in Rose's car, and I was like, Hot Box. And like only like I would say 80% got the joke and then a few had to get the joke explained to them. And I was like, amazing. Uh, what yeah. were they trying to say? Hot pot, which is like the raclette or the not oh, raclette, hot but pot. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I thought they said, Fun, I was like, is it like hot box? And they're like, so no. I think you should start dating um, Orthodox and Catholics. How am I going to find someone who's Orthodox? I don't know. Just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I but Facebook groups. The thing if, is, if though, fun is what you're looking. Fun and Christian is what you're looking for. You just need to slightly adjust your target demographic. I would say I fun. Think. Maybe I'll grant that. I wouldn't say Christian. I'm not even making a theological point. I'm just saying, like already on the apps, people who identify as Christian and actually are that way is low. And at least in the Jersey Mid Atlantic area. People who are likely to identify as Catholic and Orthodox. This happens every episode. It's fine. Is very low. So 
Just fair warning. Yeah. Ah, this is also true. Yes, because there are like there's a lot of cultural attachment associated with being Catholic or Orthodox. Um, You have a lot of people that identify that way, but aren't very practicing. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I try to match. I try to match a bunch. Okay, here's the situation. I tried to only match Christian, like match with Christians. And then I matched with this one Christian guy and he was, I thought he was going to be fine. And then he was like, I was like, oh, I just got over cold. He's like, do you want daddy to come over and oh, make you feel better? So I was like, oh, gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, um, my dad lives in Arizona, so it can't happen. <laughs> he was like, no, you're new daddy. I was like, okay, block. No. <laughs> Yikes. Um, he said he was a so Christian? No. On his profile, yeah. But, um. Yeah, that, that could mean anything. I don't trust. Okay, no, no, no. So I, I only, that. only was like, I'm like, every time I swipe, I'm like, God, like, there's like a very attractive guy, and I'm like, mm, and I have to swipe no, right. and I'm like, this is for you, God. This is really painful. This guy is very attractive, and I want him. But this is for you, okay? So make something happen. Good but then God. there was this one Dying guy that I just knew I would get along with. He wasn't the hottest. But he was attractive, and I just knew I'd get along with him. So I matched with him, and yes, I did get along with him, and I do get along with him. So, and he's a Christian. He is um, no longer Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> what an answer! That's amazing. He's from Iran. <laughs> like, okay. okay, great. Um. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's Marisa, what we're working with. L- l- yeah, Marisa, what are you? Um, <laughs> here's what. Here's my I feel idea. if I give more of my thoughts, it's not going to be constructive. So, <laughs> I already know thoughts. what everyone thinks. <laughs> no, what Rosa's saying is a very real struggle, and I've talked to many other Christian women about this, and I even have heard. I remember there a church I went to in, up in North Dakota. They had like um, like global like missionary something training and it was like 80% women and they called it out and they're always calling out like we need more men in the church and I don't know like the data on this but it does seem like there is a little bit of like a a gap oh there's a huge gap yeah and so we're feeling that in the dating world too and it really like I have been in the same place as Rose where it was like okay god like I don't know if I will ever meet someone who is like truly engaged I, I went to San Diego or engage with a relationship with God. And I went to, I remember I moved to San Diego, COVID happened. So I'm like, well, shoot, churches are closed. I started going to a Bible study and everyone's like married with kids. And I was like, yeah, okay, God. Like, <laughs> And then of course it was like, ends up being like a guy through North Dakota and whatever. So it's God like, okay. It. Yeah, exactly. Like it will happen. And it uh, again and again, I hear this, but it took me going onto the dating apps and like, being like brought low and like, I don't know. It was just like a struggle of a year. Honestly, it was a hard year. And then I kind of gave it all up and was like, I'm just going to not date for a while. And then that's when like Kyle and I started talking. It's like, you hear that a lot, right? Where it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I finally kind of let go of my control of this. And then someone came in. Well, that's the orthodox teaching on this is that like, um, really seek, do not seek a partner, seek God. And you will find a partner who is also seeking God. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And it comes in, you know, Proverbs 19.14. Houses and wealth can be inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is a gift from the Lord. So this idea that like 
like, I, I mean, I trust that God will do it. And if he doesn't, like I have friends that are, you know, well into their forties and they're still single and they're like, God hasn't done it. And I, I will accept a life of celibacy without romance if that is what I'm called to, you know, you know, I'm going to accept that. And it it, it comes with like having to, you know, realize that God can do whatever he wants. And God is more wonderful and beautiful than that even like then like marital bliss or, you know, like, I feel like that totally can become an idol, especially in the church. Oh, marriage, it's one of the most marriage, dangerous marriage. idols. Like, yeah. yeah. An old pastor I knew wrote a whole piece on like the disciples were not married. You know what I mean? Like that was not Jesus like, the highest married. calling. Yeah, Jesus. So, and my friend asked me, she was like, if God, if you felt God was calling you to be a nun, what would you do? And I was like, well, I would become a nun. And she was like, okay, good answer. But That is a good answer. <laughs> easier yeah. said than done, obviously. But I remember like actually having to do that. Be like, okay, do I actually give this up? You know? Or am I like, okay, but where is I mean, he? I, would, you know? I would love to be called to monasticism or priesthood in a lot of ways, but I'm not. Yeah, and I'm not going to fake it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it, it does, it's a very, very, very arduous life, but it does answer a lot of hard questions for how am I to spend my days? Um, mm. So, but yeah, it's, it's not everyone's calling, you know, but some people are called on to be celibate. And, and yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go and ahead. Much respect. No. So he, this leads up to my idea. So there's a, a difficulty in finding like cool Christian men, right? And what's the name <laughs> of this podcast? Cool kids Bible study. So what we need is some kind of like event, like or start a network online or whatever with the cool kids, and people can meet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, first we need to have more than 112 listeners, but I love where this is going. Not that's not a bad. Listen, if you're in Philly (laughs) (laughs) and you're hot. We're talking six feet or six feet tall, six figures and six inches. Um, you can write in to coolkidsbiblestudy at gmail.com. We'll review your profile. And Middle Eastern. The three sixes. Am I right, ladies? Yeah. And Middle Eastern. No, no. Is that a criteria no. of yours? Should we jump uh, into ethnic dating uh, criteria yes. now? Oh, good yeah. segue. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, so we've discussed this outside the podcast a lot. Here's here's how I'd put it, right? I feel like if I married a non-Armenian, um, a part of me would really regret that for the rest of my life. Um, and the reason I feel that way is that, you know... I can see the writing on the wall that like our culture and ethnic group will one day cease to exist. And I don't want to be part of that decline. I'd rather be part of however slight a pushback in the opposite direction towards perhaps revivic 
revivification, um, you know, passing on the traditions we have left and, you know, sustaining our culture and heritage. Um, so, so, so that's kind of my logic. I feel that it's not that I would, you know, shoo away. It's not that I would like shoo away the perfect woman just because she's not Armenian, but that would, would really would bother me to an extent. I'm not sure how justified that is. The other aspect is just cultural compatibility. Like, I don't know if, if, let's say I were to marry a Greek, like Greek and Armenian culture is so similar that like, I would feel at home. Like, let's say like their family's from Crete or something. We visit Crete. Like I would feel totally at home in Crete. And like all Armenians do ask any Armenians who's been to Crete. They're like, it's Armenian, you know? So it's also just cultural familiarity. And like, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like that. I would feel weird. Like George is like Swedish, right? So, like, a, a female version of George, if we were to date, it would just, there'd just be a weirdness there where it's, like, I don't relate to or necessarily even really want to participate in, like, Swedishness. <laughs> it, it, it's not that I don't like it. Swedish? It's, it's not that I don't, like, I think Swedish culture is really, actually really interesting and cool, and I, I love their take on design, their pragmatism. Their you community. hate IKEA. I, I love metal, IKEA. IKEA, death metal, but <laughs> but it's just IKEA. not. It's not. It's Hot somewhere dude. I'd like to visit. It's not somewhere I'd like to live. It's not, it's not like you, you know what I mean. So, um, cool. wouldn't it be weird to raise someone, raise kids with someone who's Swedish, and then the kids are like, you know, talking about uh, some Swedish cultural thing that I don't really relate to, and then it's just weird to me. Um, and I, I think like, you know, so this is basically just a, a wholesale, uh, it's just my skeptical take on multiculturalism, generally speaking, you know, and, and that's that. What? So I would wait. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Well, I just have a question. And I am curious if you had a friend who was telling you this, like if one of us was like, if, if I was to say like, I only want to date someone who is Hispanic and it just would be so weird to be with anyone else, like someone who's Irish or whatever. My boyfriend's Irish or fiance. Um, But what would you, what would your advice be? Or even like if George were to say like, yeah, I only want to date someone who's Swedish. Like. I would be like, I can relate. (laughs) It'd be like, great. Like on principle. It would be different if, if they were like, if they were like, you know, you know, if it was clear that God was sending them like a really ideal partner and this was what was standing in the way, I would be like, ah, you should see where it goes. But as a general inclination, I would say, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, this is this has been how, you know, cultures have operated for, you know, thousands and thousands of years. It's that like, OK, well, if you enjoy your heritage and your culture, then why wouldn't you want to sort of like pass it on and preserve that? I think it's, it's harder to relate to for groups that aren't vulnerable or threatened. You know what I mean? Like I can relate to one aspect of it, that aspect of like, I want someone from a similar culture, you know, where it's like, okay, well, and for me, that problem is like, it's like difference between me marrying a Greek or an Armenian is like pretty minimal. Um, but so, so from that way, I could kind of relate to, okay, I would want to be with someone who we like, we kind of see things the same way culturally. 
but from the perspective of like you're Swedish, Swedes aren't going anywhere. They're not they haven't been historically like genocided and pogromed and they're not currently being ethnic cleansed and pogromed. So it would be a little bit weirder, but I could still relate. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, it's just like the principle of it. <clears throat> it it almost feels a little bit like that's also something like similar to how we were like, oh, could we not date? Like, I want to date someone who's not a Christian because we have a connection. But that's like something to surrender up where it's like, OK, whoever's yeah. God is going to bring me. I it mean, they like have to be both. Could come in the Don't way get of me that. wrong. Well, okay. it's like, you know, it's not that like I'd take an Armenian who's not Christian over the opposite. That's not the case. You know, are you just are you open to anyone that God has in mind for you? You know what I mean? Because that it seems like you have your own agenda that kind of is like. Mm. I have my own preferences. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't say like I would shoo away, you know, um, the right person for this reason. You know, but yeah, yeah I, mean, I certainly I, have like preferences in that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, incre- understand I mean, Rose, you're saying. half Armenian. Like yeah, there's something incredible say, about Armenian people. Yeah. I was going to say, I understand what Cole is saying. I completely understand what he's saying. And like, I actually feel a little guilty, not like it'd be ideal to marry an Armenian actually. Cause I feel a lot of like guilt like okay like we have to preserve ourselves and like we're dying and um you know I just yeah I I have a lot of guilt around it and so I would like to marry an Armenian man but I told I told my mom I would like you to not think that I'm going to marry an Armenian man because the options in Armenia are bleak like Armenian men are well I mean you know that's just a whole other cultural culture gap because if you grew up in America as an Armenian you're not going to relate culturally yeah. as yeah. well to someone from Armenia. From Hayastan. Um, b- yeah, b- because it's also their Eastern Armenian and your Western Armenian. It's a different culture to start with, let alone the fact that, you know, we've been living in America for generations. Right, right. But well, okay. um, I would say don't feel guilty about it. But About, uh, about not mar- about um, yeah, being with I, an Armenian? I, I wouldn't feel guilty. I would just have like maybe a tinge of, of, of regret of, oh, you know, what if it could have been different? But uh, if we're going to trust God with this, then we have to trust that he's, he's not going to make that mistake. But, I, you know, um, it's funny because I just had a conversation where my, my coworker said, well, how many? I was like, well, I'd want them to be an Orthodox Christian Armenian. They're like, well, how many? Orthodox Christian Armenians are there in the Charlotte area? And I was like, very few, but I, I don't, first of all, I only need one. And second of all, I don't have to find them. Yeah. True. It's not, true. not my job. Yeah. So I just have to seek God. Yeah. I, I will say though. Okay. So prior to moving to Armenia, I was very disconnected from being Armenian. And so, I mean, it's interesting because now that I've been reconnected, there's like so much in me that I'm like, oh, that is because I'm Armenian. But I was very disconnected (laughs) from it. And and anyways, so being reconnected and this is going to be far out and then I'll zoom in. But um, I always used to say that I'm an equal opportunity employer. Like I think men across many different (laughs) um, races and ethnicities and people groups are beautiful. Like I just really, I, I think it's great. And I think it's conversely like super creepy if someone like, like is obsessed with one race or ethnic group or country that is not yeah. their own. You like shouldn't an, a fetishize white man. them. Yeah. Like I think yeah. that's like really creepy. 
And um, yeah. I get it if you want to date inside your race, ethnicity, people group, but that's fine. But I always thought that was really weird to like hyper focus until I moved to Armenia and I learned about Iranians. And then I was like, oh, shoot, that is my Achilles heel. So, but it's regional. So it, that's where it makes sense. Wow. Iranians <laughs> are your Achilles heel? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of like historical, uh, you know ties between those cultures so yeah we got our beauty we got our standards of beauty from persian culture yeah right yeah so like our entire concept of what makes someone beautiful is from persians yeah yeah it shows so yeah so it's just like so like (laughs) regional so i understand so now i like deeply understand how like i feel connected regionally to people yeah yeah i mean they're the reason that our country is called Hayastan. Why? Because Stan is an old Persian word for Ooh. land. Stan is a Persian thing. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Every country oh. landing in Stan, it's from the Persian Empire. So, okay. um, yeah, like they play a, a massive, massive role in, in our past. Uh, but yeah, like, so I don't, I understand in, in, especially in 21st century America, having ethnic dating preferences is, weird and is you know certainly worthy of like criticism and uh further questioning um i think i don't know i think in my case i've done as good as job as i can of like explaining myself are there any other like nagging questions before we move on to drugs You've explained it many times, but still, it never really feels like. Wait, I don't get why you're not satisfied, Marisa. Like, I don't understand why it is confusing for you. It's not confusing to me. I just don't think that it's like we talk. We're talking about like truly surrendering to God. But I also think God gives us the desires of our heart. Like, I think God places desires in our heart, and then and then we follow that, and then it's like this uniting. Like if God puts that desire in your heart and then he provides you with that, then you get to thank God. You're not like, I don't know what I'm looking for and I don't know what God's going to give me. Like, no, like you have your things that are like non-negotiables, which is, yeah. Like for me, it was faith, humor and wants kids. You know what I mean? It's like, those are. Humor is more arbitrary than (laughs) culture. Sure. I I don't know. It's. I think it rubs me the wrong way just because it does feel so like it smells racist. It it smells smells racist and it smells like it could be, it seems like noble, but it could like sneakily be like a selfish thing that idol. Yes. (laughs) To me, it smells like racist idolatry. George, would you agree? Yes. Yeah. What do you think, George? <laughs> you, you guys are talking about this I, I, length, So when so. it comes to dating, I allow anyone to have any standards they want, right? So if a woman wants the three six rule, that's fine. But like, what know that that mean? lowers your pool. Oh, that's that. again that's six feet, six inches, six feet. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> the thing the three that is, sixes, okay. girls, <laughs> write it down. <laughs> These but are just things six, men make but up. That's, that spells six six six. I never thought that's of that. Demonic. Um, it's demonic. Uh, I, I'll, uh, but generally, I think yeah. that anyone can have, I guess, any sort of standards they want as long as they're willing to live with that 
and stop complaining that they're not finding anyone. Right. Sure. That's kind of my thing. Yeah. But generally I think from a spiritual perspective, faith comes before all other things. And so yeah. like yeah. that, that is actually where you ground it. And so if you find someone in that area, uh, then you can maybe use your other preferences, but that should be what you're looking at first. So, I mean, I like, you know, I don't get the ethnic preference thing um, personally, but you know, I am coming from a different context and culture and stuff yeah. like that. Sure. Um, but I also view culture as very transitory and not eternal or anything like that. So I'm also less philosophically inclined to really prize that as being important. So I think you hit on kind of what I, the undercurrent, what I'm feeling too, or it's like, and maybe it's also cause I'm like American. You guys are both like, like Americanos. So are you guys. What are you yeah. talking about? You grew up in New Jersey and yeah. you're from California. <laughs> you guys are. <laughs> That's why in I think Saturday, it's so funny. Like, like it is, you guys are Americans. So I think like if well, you dated other Americans, it'd be very easy to culturally jive with them. I mean, so. I have dated other Americans. Yeah. It, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised, George. Like, like if I'm going to date someone of, of like, let's say your exact background, uh-huh. it's going to take a, adjustment. Like, I when mean, I'm there's a reason why with, me and Cole are, th- are saying that, the same thing. Yeah. Like me and me and Cole have a shared experience like, dude, of being Thomas from the Wong's, States and living there. Thomas Wong's uh, wedding, when I was Who's hanging Thomas out with his Wong? wife's family. He's Am just, I supposed to know uh, that? Person? He's just some sexual deviant. You don't when we were hanging to the out podcast, with uh <laughs> she she doesn't. She definitely <laughs> what? so when I was hanging out with his uh girlfriend's white family, it was really hard to make conversation with them because of how aggressively <laughs> Anglo Saxon they are. <laughs> so there's so That's, like this is a thing, like there's no such thing as white. So like that doesn't describe yeah. my family. No at all no it, right. it, well you guys are so like i i don't understand this this thing because a lot of these things are kind of like very like uh very transient about what we but count your family as, as am i wrong is is an anglo-saxon and nordic protestant family uh i would say that like that is my immediate family but i also have i mean my mom is like came from a very poor background I have lots of right. cousins. And, and who are I'm not talking about class. Well, I actually think that's what determines most of these interactions is actually no, class I, I being don't. a better interaction. Be- being around wealthy uh, black people and wealthy, let's say, Persian Americans is very different from being around like sort of like wealthy or poor Anglo Saxons. Like there is a culture beyond class. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I in do, this country, I do think that that's true. But like in my own experience, being in all those different types of circles, is I see a lot more similarity in class than I, I ever do with culture. So, like, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can only speak for the Northeast and New Jersey, really, when it comes to that. But that's generally what I've seen. I think so, when you're comparing one culture against itself, that's true. So, like, if you're looking at one culture against itself, yes, there are going to be big differences between, like, upper class and, you know, lower class members of that culture. But, like, when you're comparing across cultures, no, there's, like, huge differences, right? Like, if you're going to look at, like, Korean Americans versus 
Anglo-Saxon Americans. And I do use the term Anglo-Saxon because white is a sloppy term Mm -hmm. because Russians are also considered white in the American political system. And they have almost nothing in common with Anglo-Saxon people. Whereas like Anglo-Saxon people are the, you know, historical ethnic majority of this country whose culture and values shaped the norms of the society we live in. It's very different. Um, so, so like, I don't want to be sloppy in my terms, just be like white people, you know, because that's silly. It's like, okay, well, what do you mean white people? Italians are considered white in America. Is their culture similar to Anglo-Saxon culture? No, not really. Like is, is there, are Italians similar to Russians? No. How about Finns? Are they similar to any of those other groups? No, they're not. The thing that's happening in America in the United States specifically is kind of like what's happening with me, like a a blend where we're getting to a point where it's like third, fourth generation. My background, my grandparents came from Mexico, but they didn't pass on Spanish. So I don't speak Spanish. I didn't have a quinceanera. I didn't have anything that's like Latina culture. I don't feel like Latina, but I could blend in if I chose to, you know, and if I go into a mercado, they start speaking Spanish to me. You know what I mean? And I actually feel kind of like a poser because I'm like, uh, un poco, you know, I would like to learn Spanish. And I think there's a little bit of a resurgence of like connecting with your ethnicity. You guys are more connected because you're closer, right? Like, yeah. So well, yeah, I mean, because I lived there. I mean, and yeah, like my there. grandfather came, my grandfather came to the States from the genocide. And so then you're I both lived second in Armenia. Gen. Or third? Second. Depends on what part of my family, but I'm between second and fifth. Yeah. My point being that, like, the American culture is a little bit more on class, and also it's just, like, your family dynamic. Like, what was, what were the traditions your parents, however, they if they were connected and they, you know, if my parents gave me a quinceanera and spoke Spanish, and then I'd feel way a lot more Latina. But I was also in school with like, I mean, it was very diverse, primarily, I would say Anglo-Saxon, I guess, but like Rose, what would you say? What? Like what I consider my culture to be is like suburban America. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. It's like sort of European. Like my mom had European influences. I speak French, but I don't speak Spanish. And I look like I could blend in in like any number of countries. Like people think that I'm persian or greek or whatever and so it's just like i and this is like a bigger topic but i think that i'm not alone where there's like a generation of american kids who are like i don't actually really know like we're kind of like mixes not, you know yeah. i think american yeah. is becoming which its is own ethnicity it, yeah. it's yes. just it's starting Did we talk to form about that. this last time i don't know <laughs> i don't think so but oh, okay. but that's which which by the way i'm okay with i find that fine but well, I, I guess know, I'm I not still like an understand. ethnic nationalist where I'm like America should be X Y Z. You know, I still understand what Cole is saying though. Like I still agree with what Cole is saying, and I was talking to my friend about it today. In that, like, I'll meet certain people that are like again Persian or Armenian and or Greek, and I just get along with them better. Like I just connect quicker. Yeah. Even Jewish, like I like I like Jewish girls, I get connect with them really fast. Like. Literally, my friend Esther, she saw me at a coffee shop, and now we're friends. Like, it's just so much easier. And it just takes yeah. a lot longer with some other people. So, I get it. 
And, and yeah. I want to say, like, I, I don't extend this to other people. Like, if I if, if I meet an Armenian, like, I have Armenian family who don't give a shit about being Armenian. Like, basically all of them. And I don't, like, go around telling them, like, shame on you, you need to care. You know, even during mm-hmm. the war, right? When I was, like, living in Armenia during the war. And we're at war now, basically, again. It was like, and, like, I was engaged in the war effort full time, basically. I had family members who like had no idea there was even a war happening. Mm-hmm. And my take wasn't to be like, how dare you? Don't you care about your blood? It's like, no, like they consider themselves American and that is that's their choice. And that's a fine choice. You know, if they want to do that, I feel differently. But this mm-hmm. isn't like a feeling that I, I project onto others. And I'm like, oh, everyone needs to. You know, I wouldn't look at like Marisa and be like, you know, you need to like preserve Latino culture or something that would feel so gross and weird. Um, and I don't even do that to other Armenians, you know, where I'm like, Oh, you need to do this. Like, no, I feel strongly about this. And so the obligation is on me to do things. It's not like, I don't have a right to go around, you know, uh, castigating others and saying, Oh, you do this or that. It's like, well, if I feel strongly about this, I should act. I'm not even sure if this idea and this feeling in this impulse will last for, you know, the foreseeable future for me. But like, it's how I, it's how I'm moved now. Um, and, and I do understand that like, this does reek of racism and idolatry. <laughs> it does. Well, right. Well, like, I, eugenic I, I mean, I, you know, I told my friend the other day, I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? God can make me marry a white person and that will be fine. But I would like to not. Wow. I was like, I kind it of, would be well, fine. Honestly, it, it, <laughs> I'm not sure. I love, and this is it, where I just love playing the game where you just swap that adjective out for another thing. And then you're like, mm, maybe I shouldn't believe that. Yeah. I said it would be fine. I, will, I said I, I, said I would step, accept it. I would go a step further and say, like, I don't imagine I could marry like a Swede American. What do you have against <laughs> Swedes, Cole? <laughs> I'm just using that as an example because George is here. But someone who's like from a totally, totally different culture, like not Mediterranean at all. This is cool. Or Middle Eastern or anything. anything, It would just be like, whoa. Picture George. Anything that George is, I just could never. I do not find George attractive. The female version of George, just no. Swedishness. The title of the podcast: Armenians refuse to date Swedes. <laughs> but I would just really want someone who's like culturally, you know, yeah, of of a somewhat similar, like Middle Eastern, Anatolian, Mediterranean, yeah, something like a Turk. That, that is, all makes sense. Uh, yeah, love your, love, love your love your enemies. Not a Turk. Oh, I don't. I don't. Love, I don't no. need to be po- poisoned to death in my sleep. I don't, <laughs> I don't need all my ancestors cursing me from beyond the grave for the rest of my days on this earth. I agree, but, but also love your enemies, right? Yeah, but not like with my penis. So <laughs> mm. they never said that in the Bible. Mm. Mm. Let's get the mm. fuck away from this topic. Okay, I feel like we've said nothing. You know what I want to wrap up with? It's taken a very long time. It, it, you've just okay. it's it's you said nothing, but you've revealed a lot. We'll say we'll say that. Great, fantastic. Let the listener decide. 
Yes. The listeners going to be very uncomfortable by this conversation. This is going to be great when I'm like seriously feel. dating a girl who's Swedish in six months and then she finds this episode. She's like, yeah, she's how exactly. could you say these things? How could you say these things? We shared gravlocks together. These are mutual gravlocks sharing me nothing. You have met my father, Bjorn. Bjorn. So, uh. <laughs> Um, God always sends you the person you that you don't expect. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's not it's true. Like, it's either okay, it's not always. So but... uh, Svetlana, uh, actually, I rescued her from a car crash, and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you have a whole story already. <laughs> okay. Okay. See, right. God let's talk us. about that's drugs. The theme. Let's oh, okay. t- take on a way easier theme, Marissa. You're not allowed to do drugs. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not. You're not allowed. God says no. No, I that's don't not want true. to. Okay. Yeah, Rose, why don't you talk? I'm going to no, put actually, my research on drugs. I feel I like everyone's going to be like, we are praying for that Rosemary character. <laughs> She's actually she can't a character find a guy that date. She's racist. She wants to do drugs. What are we going to do about her? This is Rosemary is not a real person. Rosemary is someone we a character we devised, and an actress is reading GPT. her lines right now. She's scripted. Chaotic AI script. She chaotic. does not exist. You just typed in "let's do chaotic and problematic," and this is what you got. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Go. So, Marisa, defend yourself. Defend your drug use. No. Okay. To be clear. I, yeah. I'm literally pulling up my Google Doc. Thoughts on drugs? Because I have been doing ex- a lot of research about this. Okay. Oh, wow. I okay. My How research much do I want to say on here? I, I remember asking a previous boyfriend about this, where it was like, well, what do you think about weed? You know, this was like out of college or something. And mm-hmm. I had never smoked weed or anything. Um. Like, do you think it's okay? And I remember him saying, well, it's not about what's okay. It's about what's, what is best. And that was a good answer. That has stuck with me. But it nevertheless continues to come up in conversation with other Christians where it's like, is weed okay? You know, is it okay to like smoke occasionally? Is it okay? Like our mushrooms are okay. okay. Are, is uh, like doing acid at a concert Okay. And like certain things, I personally have a very visceral reaction to drugs. I guess I can share because now it's been years, but like I smoked weed like a couple of times, had kind of a bad experience. I had like one good experience and had one bad experience where I was like, why would I ever do that? Like, I like my mind too much to like want to not be in control, you know, like. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, alcohol is the same thing. And it's the same. Like, I don't like getting super drunk or anything either. It's like a little buzz. But you can you can manage your intake of alcohol a lot more than you can with drugs. Um, Alcohol has a purpose beyond drunkenness, whereas weed does not. No, weed does. If weed did not get you high, it would not exist. You have CBD. Okay. But that's not smoking weed. That's. I know, but it, that's weed is there's properties. Cannabis. Okay, I, I should say when we say drugs, I think we mean because we're not talking about Advil, right? Right. Well, no. We should so, specify. So, and I would but say also, we we're, we shouldn't be talking about CBD either because CBD is not getting you high. 
Yeah, but yeah. we also relax recreational. Your muscles. Let's say recreational substance abuse. Can we say? Yeah, yeah. recreational. Abuse, well, that's just what people say. No substance use. Substance use. use. Yeah. yeah. Use. So don't abuse. don't get. Dr- George, do you want to put a put a bow on this? <laughs> no, I'm fine. We're, just- we're we're just talking about using them, right? That's 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 yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. Addiction so- is always bad. This is what I found on in my research, really quick, specifically around weed. A lot, like I've I watched some Christian, like Protestant pastors, and then Catholic. These two Catholic priests do like a YouTube where they talk about it, but they all talk about addiction, and so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The friends who are like, well, as long as you're not addicted, maybe this is okay. I feel like there's something about like the sober mind, you know, that is biblical. And also that like God values, like uh, you're able to have a more of a spiritual connection, but that's debatable. You know, some people experience God through marijuana or something, you know, or mushrooms. And that's (laughs) like, there's See, also, that's where guys, I'd have to George draw is shaking the line. his head. Okay. Have you guys heard of THC Ministries? Oh, no. Do I want to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so no. They, no. <laughs> Would Jesus smoke pot? Absolutely no. not. No. Would a Maybe. saint? No. Absolutely okay. so, not. So there's this whole, like, um, movement of, like, people who believe that, like, cannabis and Christianity can, coincide, like, go together. And, like, it talks about the holy anointing oil that God gave the, the chrism? recipe. Oh, no. Yes, and they said no, that it was mistranslated let's not from the chrism. No, I'm. G- oh no, come let's on. Not it's translated. It is. No, no it's, it's not. not. <laughs> no, because oh, it's no. No. <sighs> okay. Let, let her finish. We're gonna right, let her yeah, finish. Go ahead, Rosemary. Please. Sorry. No, because there's one. There's one ingredient in it that's like it's like read. And, like, the mistranslation, it could either mean, like, grass is in, like, just, like, nothing, like, grass. And this is not the exact translation. I'm giving an example in English. Or it means, like, cannabis. Like, and so the thing that it was translated into has no value. It's, like, it's, like, a weed. It's, like, not weed, but, like, it's a, like, dandelion. Like, it has no properties. But if it was translated correctly to cannabis, then it does have properties that make sense. So there is a group of people who believe that the holy anointing oil actually did have cannabis in it because it has healing properties. So there are like ministries that use that that uh, recipe and like add cannabis to it and it does have healing properties. So. George? Um, well, I'm not really, uh, doing a deep dive here. Uh, I mean, all I did is go on the Wikipedia page for THC ministries or ministry. (laughs) And it was founded by a man named Roger Christie from Colorado, because of course he's from Colorado. (laughs) And he founded this movement in 2007 and, his official religion, which I can't find anything else about, is something called Religion of Jesus Church, which I would guess is just not at all related to any body. <laughs> um, but uh, 
I'm looking at this and yeah, they make an argument, I suppose that, um, you know, uh, cultivation and enjoyment of cannabis is a sacrament and it's a fundamental human right provided by God and protected by the constitution. Uh, so um, the, 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 the establishment of an unbroken chain between the chrism of Christ and the chrism used to anoint uh, Christians into the Orthodox faith is, I think it's safe to say of the preservation of that is of paramount importance to all Orthodox churches across the world. And, um, you know, the idea of this having anything to do with cannabis um, is not a part of that. Um so, so that would be, you know, I was anointed with chrism. That's, it's pretty, pretty neat. And, uh, you know, each church has its own way of multiplying that chrism with the stores that were distributed among the early churches, um, from Christ's, the, the oil used on Christ's body. So to me, the idea of this being, you know, uh, having to do with cannabis and being sacramental is like heresy and blasphemous. Um, but you know. I mean, that's just me and the Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church. So, uh, and I guess, you know, George is, can speak for the Reformed. <laughs> well, but, I you mean, know, for I, the rest of them. <laughs> I mean, it's it I seems like it's actually, it's not really a Christian movement. It's really, it seems like it's more of like a a new religion type thing, just shooting from the hip. Well, um, I just, I personally, I don't understand why God would create weed and like, well, you don't have to do anything to it. You know, it's not like, you know, opium or, you know, whatever, like other drugs where you have to do a ton of stuff to it. It's, you just, it's natural. So like, why would God create it knowing the per like knowing what happens for no reason? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, why did God create hemlock? I mean, yeah, I think you can, <laughs> I think you can take people. that argument and apply <laughs> it to, to all sorts of things. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in that direction. I mean, I think just the way that you, if I were arguing in favor of Christians being able to use weed, I would, I would argue, I guess in a way that it, it doesn't break the sobriety commands that the Bible gives. That's, that's kind of where I would go. I mean, I actually, it, my whole thing is if it's legal, because the first question is for a Christian is whether or not it's legal. If it passes that test, then then on the second test that you can go, okay, well, um, is it something that causes drunkenness or a drunkenness like thing? Then then you can have an argument about it. So so that's your that's your stance is because it causes drunkenness or like you're not sober minded. Therefore, well, yeah, that's Corinthians, a, a stern right? no. Yeah, I mean, I, it's all over the place, right? Like Proverbs has stuff against this and Old Testament, New Testament are pretty strong on on this. And it's not like – and it doesn't mean, you know, that you can't – like I, like I don't think – I think it's fine to drink alcohol to a certain extent. Um, and so I'm fine having that same standard for other things. Uh, I think where you should really parse this out is for health stuff, if, if it becomes a – a um, 
a stewardship of the body type thing, right? That's like where some people get into with smoking because again, tobacco is something, right? Um, that no one likes anymore because of all the stuff we were taught as kids and things like that. But like inherently, it's basically the same thing. I mean, it actually messes with your brain less, right? But it, it harms your lungs. And so Christians will make an argument, right? Well, it's it's not it's sinful to use tobacco because it's it damages your body in in a way mm. the same way that alcohol abuse would. Um, not in the same ways, but you know, alcohol abuse damages your body. So I, that's. That's where you would go with that. But I think like, I don't know. For me, it's it depends on the amount you're using, what state it puts you in, what it's doing to your body, and also how it impacts your relationship with other people too. Because there are people oh who God. just if it become, becomes an idol. Yeah, people become space cadets, right? And then you just can't have conversations with them anymore. So, you know. Yeah. But if it's yeah. illegal in your state, you I, can't. You I, I'd can't. say the same thing, basically. Look, like... What's that? Say it again, George. Uh, oh, I just said if it's illegal in your state, then don't do it. That's number one. So... Well, yeah. Christians um, will have to get deeper than that at some point, though, because weed is legal. Like, you know what I mean? I, I There has to be some kind of a a deeper philosophical reason, at least for me and for a lot of the people who their decision-making might not stop at that. Like, and I'm interested well, in sure. knowing like the deeper. Well, it's, it's drunkenness. Yeah. That's, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Is, is that it becomes, it's not the gravest, the of it. it's not the gravest of sins. Right. But I mean, if, if this is habitual, like, look, if, if you're, if you're like, getting high once in a blue moon you know if you're using marijuana you're getting high once in a blue moon even if you're using cocaine you're getting high once in a blue moon and it's not something that you plan and it's part of your lifestyle and it happens constantly and it's something you rely on when you're in pain and it's something that you turn to before god right that is not that big a deal i think you should confess and you should repent but I mean, it's not going to in the same way that like we all lust when we shouldn't. And that is a sin, undeniably. But it's not the end of the world, right? Like you should you should have, you know, you should confess that sin, repent, keep an eye on it, make sure it's not a part of your day to day being uh, or week in, week out being. But we all like stumble. So I don't know, like if if I like, you know, I used to smoke pot. I mean, I don't anymore, really. But if if I'm visiting a buddy who smokes and we get high one night and I eat two large pizzas, which is really most of the reason I stopped smoking pot is that every single time I would eat two large pepperoni mushroom and bell pepper pizzas by myself, <laughs> then I wouldn't like beat myself up the next day and be like, oh no, like I'm going to hell now. No, I would probably like confess that sin. Maybe not even at confession, but just like to a friend, like uh, to a fellow Christian, be like, oh man, I fucked up. I did this. And then I would repent and try not to do it again. But I would at least accept that, like, this is sin, right? Doesn't mean I self-flagellate, you know? It's just like, ah, that's that's not something I should do. And I think that most reasonable people accept that getting high is generally just not something you should do, right? We shouldn't have this puritanical approach of, like, it's the worst thing ever and it's of Satan and all that. No, but, like, and it has responsible uses, but, like, it's just generally something you shouldn't do. And I think scripture is pretty clear about this when in Proverbs and Corinthians talks about drunkenness being bad. It's like, yeah, don't get drunk off alcohol either. 
you know. But you can not, also not smoke good. weed and not get like super high. Like I think we're missing the point there. Like you can also just just smoke a little bit, have a very channeled experience and not be super high. What do you mean by channeled? So like I think weed is actually quite sacred and it like can I love that face. It actually like I think we've abused it. I think everyone has abused weed. Like whether you're smoking it too much or you're if, kind of treating yeah, but it if as it's like sacred, a, why isn't it? To call something sacred is a big claim because for me to for something to be sacred, it has to be scripturally or well, you do know, you have in a word that's like a little referenced. less severe than sacred, but still means set apart? No, for very good reason. Okay, we don't well, have. I don't know. Okay, so uh, English is Important, limited. Maybe I guess. And sure, we'll use that. But I think that like we have devalued weed and we've demonized it and all this. And also, I would like to disclaim that I don't smoke pot like on a regular mm. basis. Like as in, I sound like I do and I look like I do because of I my hair. Think, I don't think you look like sure. you. Do. Oh, everyone! Everyone thinks I smoke pot. In California, people would always, especially in California, but. Yeah, people always assumed that I knew where weed was. I was like, just because I don't brush my hair and I have a nose ring does not mean I smoke pot, okay? I just think it's sacred. <laughs> no, <laughs> I love it yeah. too much. I love it too I much just... to smoke it. No, wait, I just, no, here's yeah. the thing. Okay. I like, I have one friend in particular and like we, like we'll have a time together and we'll be like, all right, like we'll just smoke like one hit and then we'll sit and we'll talk about God and life and all of this. But I'm like very clear headed and there's no like, I mean, not the munchies problem is a problem, but like there's no munchies. There's nothing. It's just we're talking, we're hanging out. And so then you'd say you're it. not drunk off no. weed in that. Yeah. And fair enough. Like maybe just, there is a, a the way to thread conversation. that needle. And I won't smoke weed at a party. Like I won't smoke weed if there's like, uh, it's like in a very sloppy sense. Like I, I just won't. Like I'm not trying to get high. I'm not trying to be out of my mind. There's none of that. It's like literally, and it's usually just with this one friend. In fact, she left a bunch of weed here and I still haven't touched it. Like, and I'm like, listen, you know, well, that's fair. And because it, it's if, illegal if you can... in Pennsylvania. So, okay. Is it though? It's not. Uh, yes, it's decriminalized it is. And it's decriminalized in Philadelphia. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. So, so Rules we're not going to touch that, but <laughs> but uh well not scripturally i'm gonna touch it but i'm gonna be very yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's decriminalized if it's not if the if the government says you shouldn't do it you shouldn't do it sorry speaking sorry again. sorry sorry that i, I care mean, about no, romans no, no, 13 but like this romans, is important. romans 13 everyone google it Yes. Yeah, I mean, and and you, you know, if you can thread that needle and you're saying you're using marijuana without being drunk off it, that's not something that I can relate to. Okay. I, yeah, but I also I think that's I, fine. Like I think that's. I a used fine marijuana use the... to really absolutely nuke my brain. No, no, okay? no. Yeah. So no. <laughs> so if if I'm going to get high and use like coke or pot or whatever, like I am really swinging for the fences. Oh, n- okay? yeah. That's no. just how I am. Yeah. But. You know, if you believe it can be used responsibly in a state where it's legal, you know, fine. You know, again, whatever. Um, Marisa. Interesting. Your okay. thoughts. I, this, it's just one of those things that's hard for me, again, that seems like it's a little nuanced. And I like things to be black and white. I like it to be like, I think that's why I am drawn towards Catholicism. Because the they're like, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> yes. I'm looking up, okay, like, what's the catechism say? And I can just follow that. You know what I mean? 
they yeah, say it's bad. That's by great, the way. but they're too like, detailed. It, oh, and catechism is opinion. beautiful. Small plug for the catechism. Whatever, if you are a Christian, read it because it's beautiful. You know, I agree. have you I, you've read it, George, and all your mm-hmm. study? Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I I it reminds me weirdly to tie it back of when my church had a panel of like pastors and also just like youth leaders. And we had a panel about how far is too far with boundaries. And like, it was not clear. It's still not clear to me. Like Cole said, no kissing. I'm kind of curious. Like that could be another topic for debate is like nobody. I feel like there's no clear line of like how to set boundaries. Um, People just say like, if you don't want to go in the house, don't, be on the porch, you know, like stuff like that. And that's how it sounds (laughs) with drugs. It's like, it's like, oh, well, if you can, if you're not idolizing, if you're not like getting addicted, if you're not trying to nuke your brain, if you're able to do that, like it takes just all this like assessment of your heart and then also like restraint and self-control if you're going to use something like that, which makes sense to me. And it's kind of, it's interesting to hear you guys hear rose's perspective and say okay yeah if you can do it without being like drunk then that's okay Yeah, i mean i i think alcohol is like the easiest kind of thing like people and sometimes people's bodies chemistry is different which is why it's really hard if you want to like a a white a black or white stance on it like the methodists will just straight up say no drinking at all for anyone right right and i think that's wrong like i don't think that's a biblical perspective but like and they'll they won't argue that necessarily. They'll just say this is better for the Christian life if you just don't drink at all, um, or if you want to rely on the magisteria and just say, hey, this is what the church says, so that's what our position is going to be. But I think for a lot of people, it's about like you need to kind of find where you're at physically for these types of things. Yeah, um, and yeah, then and staying I, within those limits, actually being convicted to. I mean, to do and that. default to would Christ yeah. do this and would a saint do this? Maybe. If you really want the hard truths, right? Jesus um, turned water into wine. Well, that I know I like that, though, is like having the tools. Because I've been really looking yeah, at like. Not water, not into a, a bong rip. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus put water into a water bong and then well, ripped no, it. When, when Mary anointed him, when Mary anointed <laughs> him with oil, Cole, they were getting, yeah, they were getting like high together. There, yeah, there you go. I see. Um, I think bong the nuance rip. is good. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first jesus no anyway no. i these are the questions i had written down um in my studies of this like litmus test for decision making in all areas of life pretty much is this helping me grow in my relationship with jesus christ is this helping me understand who i really am before the lord is this helping me grow in virtue is this helping me mature I didn't write those. For I think there's, there's too much me. I think there's too much mm. me in there. Okay. Who cares about you in a way, right? Mm. Like it's really just about God's will. And uh, that's why we need the church because there's too much individualism and individual seeking and what is my way to worship or what is my way to honor God or love God. Um, you don't really matter and your ideas don't really matter. And it was very hard for me to accept this because I fancy myself quite clever. And I've, I've always, you know, thought that my ideas really matter. Uh, and I, I don't I don't anymore. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, God delights in you and your personality and like individuals 
like that he create you know like that john sure. piper quote like god's most delighted in you and you're most delighted in him i guess that may or may not be relevant but it's like there's a i mean more I, I mean when it comes of, to god my ideas don't, i don't mean like like i'm like you know my ideas matter when it comes to like doing my job you know i don't submit to the church when i'm like trying to make a sale <laughs> you, you know like it's not what the church is designed to it's not the role it's meant to play in my life but um yeah. i'm saying like in in all things like how should i behave in my relationship with god and growing close to god like i submit to the church and all of that because my ideas don't really matter and this is an argument that george and i have had and and other you know protestant friends and i have had where it's it's you know this is the orthodox way basically um and so that's my take on that so but you I'm would sure edit george, those questions to have less me and more of like, it's what is God's, yeah, what is God's will? Like you're not nothing. What is the route to, it's, it's what is the route to theosis? What is the route t- towards my will and God's will being perfectly merged in like an, you said an, my, <laughs> well, my, my will, right? Yeah, I have will. I'm acknowledging that I have will. I know. But I'm saying like, how does it's, it's like, it's like, how does my will get merged with God's perfectly? That's yeah. theosis. That's like the goal of, of the Orthodox life, right? So it's like, it's, it's not really about me. It's about actually losing as much of myself as possible to God. It doesn't mean that I cease to be like Coltostion, but it means that like, I don't give a fuck what I think when it comes to that, you know? Because sure. like, I've got all sorts of pollution and sin and wrongheadedness and ego and, you know, just stupidity that like, I don't, I'm not interested in... Uh, that surviving the journey to theosis, which, uh, you know, I guess, you know, Protestants would use the term sanctification in, in that place. But yeah. Yeah. It, and I, I'm not trying to be a dick and I feel like I'm sounding like a, a dick right now. No, I'm just trying to say we could go down this, this route or yeah. like wrap up what we were saying. No, I, let's not go down this route. Okay, let's just okay. say that's my take as an Orthodox Christian. And then let's hear other takes and I'll be quiet for a while. It sounds old. It sounds like ancient, like monastic. I don't know. It almost sounds like I the mean, Eastern, yeah, it like, would, wouldn't it? The East. It almost sounds like Buddhist, <laughs> like the detach, but you're not detaching, yeah. but it's like you are nothing, which I don't think is actually the Christian. Um, I mean, it wouldn't like, be that you're nothing. It's that your your identity is is found co- entirely in your status as a child of Christ. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and you're renewed, like you're made a new creation, but you're still okay. Here's this. I quote wouldn't say from you're C.S. you're Lewis. made a new creation. It's that that on a like material level, like you're merged with God. That's the goal. Like that's sainthood in orthodoxy. It's like you, your will becomes the will of God completely. There's a merge that happens on an ontological level, on like a okay. soul level. There's like so, it, it's it's like a, a denial of the self. It's like the, just the the ultimate version of like deny yourself and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. Um, Can I get your opinion on this quote? Should, what do you guys, George and Rose, think? It's a quote from Yeah, yeah. Lewis. Before yeah, George, Rose. Go ahead, go ahead, George. Like, should um, we jump, jump I mean, into I, this? 
I just think I'm like in the middle. I think that Cole brings up a good point that like, yeah, it's it's not all about like how, how, how us and our relationship. It is about like the church and as well and our and, and seeing ourselves as subordinate to God and what he wants. But I think that it's not wrong to necessarily ask questions about whether or not something is profitable um, for your own spiritual growth and journey and things like that. So I, I don't think it's wrong for you to ask those questions uh, necessarily, but I think yeah. that Cole's reacting against something that's very real where people end with whether or not this is feeding me personally. And that's bad. So hundred percent agree with, he phrased it better than I did. Yeah. Way okay. to thread the needle, George. Thank you. <laughs> so the those going back to those questions. Is Wait, this Rose, making... do you have, do you have thoughts on this before oh, yeah. we? No, I think I mean I I agree with what you guys said as far as like how much me should be in it. Cool. Neat. Oh, All right, give us this, the C.S. Lewis okay. quote. It's a good quote. It's like kind of long. <laughs> I'm reading it. Like, yeah. Oh, it's I so good. Him. It's we from all we all love him. We all love him. Clive Staples Lewis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mere Christianity played a big role in my testimony or like my solidifying of Good. my faith. Um, okay. So he says, oh, should I read the whole thing? Okay. There are no real Go. personalities apart from God. Until you have given up yourself to him, you will not have a real self. Sameness is to be found most among the most natural men, not among those who surrender to Christ. How monotonously alike all the great tyrants and conquerors have been. How gloriously different are the saints. But there must be a real giving up of the self. You must throw it away blindly, so to speak. Christ will indeed give you a real personality, but you must not go to him for the sake of that. As long as your own personality is what you are bothering about, you are not going to him at all. The very first step is to try to forget about the self altogether. Your real new self which is Christ's and also yours, and yours just because it is his, will not come as long as you are looking for it. It will come when you are looking for him. Keep back nothing. Nothing that you have not given away will be really yours. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ and you will find him and with him everything else thrown in. That could have come from the mouth of an Orthodox priest. And there's a reason why Orthodox priests love C.S. Lewis. Yeah. He's great. I think it hits on what we're both saying, you know, where it's like personality yeah. is important. Like God values that in you, but you can't go to him seeking yourself. It, you have to fully die, but then you, you get yeah. it back. 100%. You become like truly yourself. Agree. Excellently quoted and synthesized, <laughs> Marisa. Done. <laughs> Amazing. I we did think, it. Okay, so we're we're we have we're gonna okay. So we have a few more topics here, and I, I want us to choose one more. Oh, you can do? I just say okay. one more thing? I just want to yeah, give yeah, Rose yeah. some some pastoral advice. Uh, oh, weed is okay. legal in New Jersey. <laughs> 
guys, I don't need to smoke weed. I just, okay. So, the only reason, it's actually a constitutional guys, guys, right in New Jersey shut, now. No, no, Okay. Here's the thing. Let me just clear up my name. And this is why I didn't want to talk about drugs in the first place is because I know that I'm going to get painted as this now. But I do think that Christians have regurgitated a lot of like false beliefs and then they just keep telling it to each other. And I do think it's important that we question a lot. And just knowing my own experience, like I used to be very anti-weed, you know, like growing up and being like, man, no, devil's lettuce or whatever. And then I, you know, <laughs> I had this experience of like more like channeled uh, smoking and I'm like, okay, I can't demonize weed. I'm not going to. And then I read this book that is not a Christian book and it is a spiritual book. And I am not trying to say that it is Christian in any way, but it was like called Weed Shrooms and Christian and Spirituality. And it was fascinating. So that's all I'm gonna say on that. All right. All right. I think you brought valid you you brought good perspective to the table, Rose, because it is true. That Christians need to to think about it. And we reached a conclusion that I was not expecting, like that it's more nuanced. <laughs> so, uh, I, okay. Cole, <laughs> just move on. Just let's move. All right. So we have a few more topics today that we, we get, we should choose one of these. Okay. Jeez. It's the longest episode ever. I it's thought, great. Right. Let me get my but blood. Bear quick. in mind, we had like a 10 minute break. Okay. Remember? Sure. Um, yes. I hour remember. 40. Yes. Okay, so yeah, we've we're got- gonna beat yours from last week. Yeah, easily. <laughs> do people listen to this? Yeah, <laughs> if you're listening to this song, God bless you. They do. You made yeah, it seriously. Um, so okay, we got hating your work life, plastic surgery, the pretentiousness of tech, uh, masculinity, oh and mm. what is life for really? First of all, that last one. <laughs> come on. Don't you have the Nicene Creed in your church? Like, do we really need to ask what is life for? I mean, we, we're come on. Right, okay, let's let's throw out the Theosis, tech one and the work. Sanctification. Let's, take, let's throw no, out the no, tech no. one and the work one because that doesn't blend with this episode. Yeah, not those. Okay. This episode so that leaves is plastic surgery, mm-hmm. a grave sin. No. <laughs> The pretentiousness of the tech world. No, that plastic surgery blend. could go in like and, a light okay, banter mas- later on. Do you want to do masculinity? I think so. Yes. Okay. Masculinity. So again, it's like about three and- things. Three sixes. <laughs> All right, done. Next topic. Six feet, did, six inches, you, six where, figures. Who told now you this? Now on plastic surgery. Who what, told you this? What older boy told you in like yeah. six <laughs> that this has lived in your mind forever? You can just see it in a locker room, right? Guys, yeah. girls only care about the three sixes. Yeah. Yeah. Poor I've never men. heard that. There's so much pressure oh. that's like from that kind of stuff. Well, there's pressure on women too. We oh, just yeah. have different pressures. We never hear about it from women. <laughs> what? Shut up. <laughs> I wish, you know what? I wish women did more air their grievances about how hard it is to be a woman. Just, I don't have any insight into that because it's, I'm just well, never. You don't because they're so strong, Cole. They're strong and brave and they don't share these things. We need to open up spaces for them to do this. Yeah, they're like Spartan warriors, these women. Let's talk about toxic femininity. <laughs> It's okay. toxic femininity. 
There's a reason why no okay. one even hears that. Why do we hear the phrase toxic masculinity all the time? But no one talks about toxic femininity. <laughs> like, I feel like women are kind of like, they're like, uh, oh, the only I feel like I I'm on a daily wire show right like, now. Like, <laughs> women shit don't stink kind of thing. It's like, oh, we're perfect yeah. and pretty. And like, men need to open up. And they're pigs, or I don't know. Like- I think it's because toxic. Okay, I think it's because when you have a lot of toxic masculinity, what you end up having is um, well. Let's do the women first. When you have a lot of toxic femininity, what you have is a really catty work environment. But when you have a lot of toxic mas- masculinity, what you have is a world war. So I, I think that's that's why I think. Which, There's to our credit, lasts last for about four years, and then we're good for a, for a few decades. So, oh you know. So, so I think that's why there's more emphasis on one or the other. I think when you have toxic masculinity, like you have a sociopath who just goes around lopping people's arms off for no reason. You know, there's just like a lot more, you know. Well, what is what? What is toxic femininity? Like, what I know is that? Larissa, do you want to? I mean, I can certainly help you with that, but let's yeah, have you start. Sure. For optics reasons. Toxic femininity, I think, has longer, like, it's like, same how, like, when men and women fight kind of thing, and everyone's like, a woman could, like, really hit home, like, say something that's, like, from your childhood. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, yeah. Toxic femininity probably does have undercurrents that are really negative culturally, but you don't see them as outwardly as a war, world war. What happens? What it what is toxic femininity? Like what happens? What does it look well, what's like? What's the worst of women? It's it's emotional abuse. Yeah. Okay. Gossip. Okay. And these apply to men too, of course. But it's, I'm just thinking of like the women, like and, yeah, just the same way that like violence applies to women too, but it's more yeah, commonly right. masculine. I mean, yeah. Is toxic um, femininity self empowered women? No, uh, I don't know what that means. Empowered women, like feminist, no, no, no. is that toxic femininity? If you're, I wouldn't uh, if consider. You are... No, I don't think so. Oh, I thought that's what that meant. Actually, this is a new term. I don't know. Maybe people have George on the Google. I think what? when we I gonna, think wait, of are we going to introduce a podcast theme what? and then Wikipedia Google the yeah, like, pull what? up? I have to Google this. <laughs> It's just sloppy show running. No, toxic no, femininity. I, just, I thought of that phrase just now. I've never not heard it. And then oh, it's really? very... this is a this is a phrase. Oh, I think oh, oh, I think it could also be like chaotic. You know, because like chaotic. women have a lot of chaotic energy. What's like when not harnessed. Here's okay. I'll just speak for my own personal life. That was chaotic. My own exactly. My own toxic femininity is chaos that can hurt other people and then i'm not aware of and um especially men and like not being aware of like how to protect other people's emotions Mm. is toxic femininity manipulation because you know what you can get away with as a woman yeah okay well i think that's part of it and like and then like being like oh Whoops. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like me. Lack of accountability. Yes. Cole. Lack of Cole, accountability. This is my favorite segment that's ever happened. Cole, you'll never believe this, but <laughs> I just get to rail on women. <laughs> well, for the vast what? majority of things I found online, guess whose guess whose fault it really is that toxic femininity exists. This bunch oh, of men. Oh yeah, men. A hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, toxic femininity in a nutshell describes the negative impact of society's standards for women drawn by the patriarchy. It's like, okay. No, well. no, that's not what I'm talking about. I know you're I'm not talking about, about it. Jordan Peterson funny, talked about this recently. Yeah. Should, we, should we play a Jordan Peterson clip poorly? <laughs> Do we have to? Because there's a one minute clip where he, he describes his definition of toxic femininity. And since this has been so sloppy, I'm just going to play it into the mic right now. <laughs> Okay. I'm thinking about Here we these. go. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Female hyper users of Instagram are also they're sadistic, Machiavellian, psychopathic, and narcissistic, and they optimize for, for short-term mating strategies. So they're promiscuous, and that's a marker for antisocial behavior. Antisocial people, broadly speaking, have more sexual partners. They start engaging in sex earlier. They're more callous in their utilization of themselves and others. And so would you call that toxic femininity? Is there a such oh, a thing as toxic absolutely. femininity? Absolutely. We know what toxic femininity is. Okay. It's, it's the female version of antisocial behavior is reputation savaging. Yeah. Gossip, innuendo, backbiting. And females are very, females can be very good at that. Now, men can do that too. And they do, especially on social media. But it's definitely the case that social media enables female antisocial type behavior, clearly. And so it scales. We were talking about whether the feminine ethos scales. Feminine pathology scales magnificently on social media. Okay. So interesting. That was to, a good to recap, quote. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's pretty smart. Um so so he's really talking about like antisocial personality disorder as it manifests in women, right? Which is this very specific clinical diagnosis. Um so he's talking about basically what we would colloquially call female sociopaths. And so a female sociopath isn't gonna like a male sociopath go around physically abusing people mm. you know um a female sociopath is gonna go around uh using you know, people using people hurting them uh crushing others to get what they want mm. through means of you know innuendo social manipulation gossip mm. reputational sabotage and a lot of that hap- is happening through social media and um you know, that's the reason why, like, you know, social media is so dangerous for, for teenage girls is because the the very small percentage of, uh, you know, sociopathic, let's say, teenage girls who have access to social media, there might be one in a school. They're able to leverage that technology to, you know, drive a fellow female classmate to uh, on occasion suicide or at the very least, you know, extreme depression. So, you know, that, that's how he's defining, you know, toxic femininity. And, and I think, that's you know, yeah, that's like the very extremes of that behavior that are more associated with. It's very rare that you'll see a man use social media in that way. Right. Not that they're not toxic on social media, but the idea of it being a calculated way to damage others or to, you know, push others down to get what they want. It's, it's much it's disproportionately represented. Whether you're going to say that's due to nature or nurture in our society is, you know, a separate well, I rabbit mean, hole. What I was thinking is it's like very snake-like behavior. And then that reminded me of Lilith, which is like the whole, like, I still don't really understand yeah. who Lilith is. But I, um, and like I also don't understand why all the Armenians are named after her, which is kind of creepy. But um, it's a pre-Christian uh, name. That's yeah, but it's like it has to do with like the devil's wife or like Adam's first wife. Like in he, I was looking it up in Hebrew, like 
uh, tradition, it like talks about that it was Adam's first wife, and then she decided to pursue her own sexuality and her own like feminist self. And so then, well, feminist self is not great terminology, but you know herself. And then so she was lured away by the snake. And so, and weirdly enough, there is an abortion clinic somewhere in Texas called like Lilith Minute something. And it is like Lilith. It is like a woman and a snake. It's really creepy. Okay. I don't know where to go with that. (laughs) (laughs) I I vaguely knew where to go with Marisa's suggestion. And we had to just play a Jordan Peterson clip on the show. And now you're you don't want to dri- you don't want to dive into Hebrew mythology. Some kabbalistic borderline occult think, shit okay. and in- introducing <laughs> abortion and Texas. And I don't know what the fuck's going on. The wheels are way off. Derailed. I have okay, I'm thinking about something that ties it kind of all together. Mm, great. The most chaotic episode. Great. Lilith. This is toxic femininity, Lilith. which Sorry, is now listeners. the new episode title. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh! I knew there would be a new title by the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Google Lilith for anyone most interested in that whole mythology. But I do think there yeah. is a interesting truth to be uncovered in the story of Adam and Eve. Like that kind of oh. mythology. Well, that's definitely true. Christian mythology has lasted. And that's like, okay, the way that Eve was tempted to have control and knowledge by the snake and then Adam's failure to protect her from that and joining, mm, like, mm-hmm. these are the the birthplaces oh, yeah, of sin that toxic, is now in us, you know? This is the birthplace of toxic masculinity and femininity. Well, yeah, of all toxicity, yeah. Yeah, of all toxicity. <laughs> and the reason I'm reading a yeah, I'm reading a book called Wild at Heart. Have either of you read this book? No. No. I Googled it's it today and I saw it. John Eldridge. Is okay. it am I gonna have to use the word heretical again? <laughs> no, I, it's I I Googled it the other day and it got some like mixed reviews. Like some Christians are like he he has a theological stance apparently that like when he, you're he made new. Weed. No, he's a pothead. Heretical. No, he, Heretical right there. He, Go on. He believes when you're made new that you have, um, like, you have the propensity to, like, choose good and you have, like, a new heart and so you can actually, like, follow your heart. And then some Christians see that as, like, no, your heart is always, like, stuck in sin. It's never fully made new until death. I don't know. There was, like, a whole paper on it. But he kind of is, like, no, Christians – can live freely like you are a new Mm. creation and so a lot of his whole critique is that like christians are bogged down and like boring or bored not boring to eat cake but like yeah kind of just like not living in the joyful freedom that is what christ promises um and while that there's heart so is... much theologically to unpack already in what you just said <laughs> yeah, yeah, and having a calvinist and an orthodox christian on the show, George, yes. is your head okay, spinning wait, so right now as, as fast as mine is? I mean, it's, it's hard to well, call my... Reason, so the, can you the, talk about No, keep going, and George and I are just going to keep our mouths shut. That's the, that's just the, write notes for the, the next solution. one. But while okay. the, 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 yeah, the, as if we're going to get invited back after this. <laughs> uh, why wouldn't we? We're brilliant and amazing. <laughs> that's toxic femininity. No, um, but... <laughs> Yeah, the whole thing is like helping men reclaim their their heart. Manhood? And 
It's no, like three sixes. <laughs> yeah, three sixes. he talks about that a lot. <laughs> he does? No. No, it's from 2001. Oh, <laughs> oh man. It's a good book. Okay. That's all I can say. I'm finding that it's helpful what learning is this book about, about men. It's about masculinity. It's written by this man and his sons. And he's like, he writes about just like what it's like to be a man and like father wounds and just like, hmm. yeah, like, I don't know. It's interesting to me because men are interesting to me because I'm not mm. a man. So I'm like, you mm-hmm. are the other. Like, I want to know what it's like. And like, mm-hmm. he kind of also shares there's a, lot a of movie based on the book starring Nicolas Cage. Oh, I don't think. No, <laughs> that's not the same call. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm serious. <laughs> there is a movie based on. Are you sure? Yeah, but, but, wild, but there's two. So there's two different wild at heart books, Cole. This oh. is not a fiction uh, story. Is, it, is this the one by Barry Guilford? No, no, Barry it's Gifford? John Eldridge. No, it's it's John Eldridge. <laughs> Barry, the, the one by Barry Gifford is the one with Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage in the podcast. Yeah, oh, Nicholas Cage okay. talks about how to explore your masculinity. <laughs> Man, um. Man, oh man. Think- okay, so so I probably neither George nor I would probably agree with the theological underpinnings of this book, but uh, for different reasons, I, of, I'd have to like actually with, like read it or listen to a talk or something to have a, a yeah. good opinion about it. So, well, when you yeah. originally put this in, Marisa, like, why did you want to talk about this? Like, what exactly did you want to talk about? Um. I think, yeah, I mean, I could definitely flesh it out a little more. I think it just, I'm always intrigued by mm-hmm. masculinity and femininity as like these two energies that the universe, like, I feel like all truth is uncovered in those two energies. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing wow. this because I'm thinking of like the yin yang, you know? Yang. Yeah. And it's like, that is God. Like, God is. What, what are you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. Wait, stop, wait stop, what stop, are you stop. talking I, about? I, I, what? No, stop, stop. This is toxic femininity. <laughs> I want to touch on a theme here. I want to touch on a theme here. Why as Christians, and I'm going to like be a dick here, okay? I'm sorry. But why is, I want to pose a question. Why as Christians are the two of you looking to like these spiritual non-church books? Honestly, that's a question. to, To learn about like important theological topics. Like but like genuinely, like why turn to those sources when this you is have a, like a way longer conversation? Better sources. I don't, I don't want to answer this in this teeny amount of time because it's actually a very like a lengthier conversation. It's not a sound bite, but um, I keep my resources mixed. Okay. Yeah, there's value in other things. Yeah, I don't also- get. I, I can't relate. You don't read anyone anything that's not. There's a value in other book. things, but I mean, when it comes to like, like if you're genuinely, if you're God, genuinely interested, we could have a phone call about it. But I don't want to talk about it. Right, it's, we've already talked for an hour and fifty minutes. I don't think. <laughs> I know it's just this is just a theme I've been noticing, and I'm I'm like wondering. Well, I mean, I do have like, a, I do have a lot of thoughts about it. I do I do have reasoning, but yeah, like, okay. yeah I, mean, I think it's book. just a difference in perspective completely. Yeah. But okay, and just to clarify, I'm not going to this book for theological perspective. That whole critique of him wasn't from this book. It was just a critique of the author. This book right. is just about 
being a man. Oh, Rose left the chat. Rose left. Um, it doesn't matter yeah, anymore. It's, None of this matters. Yeah. <laughs> Subject of the role of masculinity in contemporary evangelical Christian She's culture back. and doctrine. She's back. So, anyway, it's just interesting to me because it talks about masculinity in a new way and he kind of like has a fun way of writing. I don't know like the deeper questions to pose to you guys. Um, What's it like being a man? (laughs) Great. Um, Great. Do you guys like being men? I think my question was easier to answer than that. Really? Um, What are some highlights of being a man? What are some cool things? Well, I don't have to, like, I don't worry walking alone at night. That's really great. That's true. Um, no, like upper body strength is great. Having that is good. Just not having to really work for it as much as work for if what? I were a woman. Upper body strength. Upper body is, strength. Is, oh, okay. Like doing a pull up um, is so hard. Yeah, just like I got attacked by a homeless guy and then I met an, <laughs> an older. Yeah, I met like an older and I like kind of just shoved him off and it was fine and he backed off. But then I met like a 65 year old woman who was attacked by the same homeless guy. And she was like, I had to throw my bike at him. I sprint away as fast as I can. So like the fact that like that's her experience and my experience is like I can just square up with this guy and be like, OK, like what the fuck? Um, that is like so diff- such a different way to experience the world around you and what is and isn't dangerous to you. Mm-hmm. Um on a spiritual level, what it is to be a man versus a woman is a really intense topic. I think, um, you know, as you know, men to be a man is to aspire to be the spiritual leader of your household, which is an immense responsibility. I think that a consequence of the fall is that, you know, women tend to get sort of like, for better or worse, uh, end up having to sort of follow the lead of, of the man of their household, um, which these are both double-edged swords for both people. It's like, yeah, being the spiritual leader of a household is a beautiful honor and also sucks. And being the, you know, supporting, um, like sort of like, nurturing figure in the household is a great honor and an immense duty and also sucks. So I don't think either of us men or women are really like getting the better end of this. I think that modernity is giving us both equally the shittiest ends of of both of these things. And it's horrifying. And I I seek to go back. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. Like this is is a very hard question to answer. (laughs) To transition back. Uh, no, I seek to go to to reverse modernity and and oh, the Enlightenment okay. and all of those things. I think that we need to go back to like real church, just normal church values. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think everything like after the Enlightenment, especially, has just been horrible um, ideologically, and you know, we need to we need to flee from it. Do you listen to the nineteen seventy five? Rose and I band. <laughs> He has a line. He says, modernity has failed us. And that's what I was thinking of. I like how that's yeah. what you went back to. Healy. He, he, he has a weird definition of masculinity, I will say. I love like, him. Visually, I know, but that's another topic. 
The great band. <laughs> but yeah, I agree, Cole. Obviously with women, it's like how far back do you want to go? Like you see commercials from the 50s and it's like that that Folgers coffee commercial where she's like, is there anything else I can get? And he's like, learn to make a better cup of coffee. And it's just like all these commercials about women like failing to make coffee and the men being like, what is this? And it's like, get Folgers <laughs> so you can make your man a better cup of coffee. And I see that and I'm just like, oh my gosh. I, I certainly, I certainly wouldn't go back to the 50s. That, not that <laughs> long. Yeah. I mean, it was a long time ago, but it's just like, oh, now I see what my ago. grandmas are like the way they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would go way farther you know? back than the 50s. Mm. Um, oh, but like yeah, uh, I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> go back in technology. Don't get me wrong, right? I would go back in, in values. I just want to see I, a ret- return to like normal biblical I values. I do think though that honestly. God knew, God the knows kingdom. all of this. Like this, this evolution of humanity, like God already knew it. So he isn't like, it was better back then. You guys are right. Right. It's all a part of it. And we're just having to navigate it in a new way. And and sometimes Christians get a little bit stuck and we have to ask God e- each and every day, like, what is your will? How do you see things? How do you want me to see things? Because if we're just constantly comparing it to the past, that's not got, like having a fresh perspective. Well, no, we should we should look to the church fathers in scripture. But you also have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and you have a relationship with God. Right, that's alive. Yeah, but you're you're too sinful and confused to determine what the Holy Spirit wants at any but given time. But do you, I mean, what? Have you, you, I mean no, you, you as in you, Rosemary. No, I, I mean, no, but I mean, you, humanity, like, you, right? you believe you can't discern like, what I, the Spirit is I, saying. No, no, no. Not, I, not firm, on a regular basis. Not on oh, a regular I firm, basis. I firmly disagree with that. That's I firmly disagree. Yeah. I mean, I feel like what do you I do? I mean, very strong. Most charismatic life. Christians would disagree with what? me on this. What no, cool. Like, I mean, I, I, I just started going to this church that's more Pentecostal. It's very spirit led. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we could have a whole. I'm care, like, People have you ever like, God in told me or done any of that kind of? God told me X Y Z about you. Yeah, I mean, the church that I went to in Yerevan, people were constantly coming up to me and be like, Yeah, God Did told you me ever, this have about you. Have you ever had experience? And I'm like, of like, and it was demonstrably false over and over again and i was like okay you know, know. Y- you know this is what happens when people put themselves in such a critical role here in my I opinion mean, it's like <laughs> you have a lot of you open yourself up to the possibility of deception and confusion right so i, I mean, believe the- like that the holy spirit acts constantly it's not about that it's just that like you can't uh put yourself in that critical role you know well i feel like when i talk to god about things i'll say you know I feel like this is what you're saying, but if it's not, like, correct me, you know? Like, I think sure. you have to have a humbleness, you know? You can't be like, yeah, yeah. I know everything. But, like, I do act in confidence that God has told me things. And God has given me words of wisdom for other people all the time. And, like, it is, it happens to be right because it's not me, it's God. So it has testify. been tested and proven. I'm raising a testify. Okay. Like, it's been tested and proven. But every single time, every single time, I am like, I don't want to get this wrong. That is horrific if I were to be like, God told me something and God's like, I did not tell you anything. So please sit down. So yeah, I think if you have and, a humble and, and attitude tested, about tested, it. I test when I think I have a message from the Holy Spirit. I test it against scripture and the church fathers. You know, and, and if it's if it's not in alignment with that, then I know it's not from God. Well, God isn't um, going to tell you anything like 
kill someone. But I'm saying like, if, if God told you like to tell Marisa something like, you know, this is a little bit weird, but I think like, you know, your brother is going to have be sick. That's not in the Bible, but like God could have still told you that. Yeah, you have, like, um, a gift of prophecy. Like, are you saying yeah. if God is bestowing on me a gift of prophecy? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I believe that spiritual gifts are given unequivocally, right? And and that it, it, it's something that like you're certain of when it is bestowed upon you, and it's something that stays with you. And I think it's rare. Um, so I'd be extremely skeptical of of you know. Someone, if I thought God gave me a prophecy, I'd be very skeptical of it. I'd talk through it with my priest um, and I'd go from there, you know. What do you but, think but Pentecost think, you know, was? Uh, well, Pentecost was the descending of the Holy Spirit uh, following, you know, Christ's return in body to heaven uh, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the apostles and gave them the ability to speak in various languages um, and that's how they knew, that's how they gained both the ability to go out and evangelize different nations, but also how they knew where to go. So I don't believe that they spoke in the tongues of angels, right? And I don't believe that when people babble in tongues, that that's anything meaningful. Um, I think that the gift of tongues, which still happens today and is widely reported, you know, around the world is when the Holy Spirit gives someone the ability to instantaneously learn a foreign language in order to evangelize a people. Um, so I believe that that is what scripturally was happening then. Um, this is also what the church teaches in terms of both, you know, Orthodoxy, Roman Catholicism, and most of the Protestant movement. Um, the idea of speaking of tongue in tongues as being a language that does not appear on earth is, is definitely a minority position within Christianity. Uh, it's not one which I hold. I have many people, you know, in my life who I respect who hold this belief. I don't go out of my way to chastise it. Um, as far as the Orthodox church is concerned, it, it is a heresy. Um, but you know, again, it's not something that really offends me that deeply. I mean, George feels the same way as do, I believe all Presbyterians. Am I wrong there, George? Um, I mean, yeah, at least classical Protestants will, will usually say something very similar to that. Yeah. But I, I have very close friends who think I'm dead wrong here and mm -hmm. are leading churches right now. And I respect the hell out of them and God bless. But yeah. Bookmark this one. Wow. Okay. I feel like we opened up a lot of doors. Yeah, how we never, we tongues? never closed any. We opened them up. We didn't yeah. close one. <laughs> There's well, an we're to close. We need you, George. Close, 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 close. Well, George agrees with me on on most of my points. He just kind of doesn't want to <laughs> double down, right? No, but we're just we've hit masculinity, toxic femininity, wild at heart, Nicolas Cage, speaking in tongues, Lilith. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even have anything to say about half of those. I think you need to, to cut it after the last section. It was a little more. <laughs> I think this is all interesting, though. Personally, I mean, I think it's yeah, maybe oh, we, we don't cut a things. two part series. We don't cut we things. Do we really should. We really should cut it's, things. But it's. I think it's going to be too long for people. It's it's sitting right now at it's two hours thirteen minutes. But we had a pause in there, so it's probably around two hours. Do people That's listen like, to well, Joe Rogan talk about talking, marijuana for three hours? Well, I'm exactly. going to cut 
this part out probably. Well, actually, oh. no, I can't because we haven't set a sign off. Yeah. <laughs> we, Do you we have, have a, a sign word off. to wrap us up? George? Yeah, here, ready? Here's how it works. All right. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to us on. Send questions to coolkidsbiblestudy at gmail.com. Uh, that is also in the episode description. And until next week, stay cool, cool kids. George? Peace out. <laughs>